All right, quick announcement before we get to the podcast, but we're giving away a really sweet rifle setup. Right now through the end of October, if you go over to the Elk Hunt course and you sign up, you're going to be automatically entered to win a Weatherby Backcountry 2.0 in the 338 RPM. And not only the rifle, we're going to top that rifle with a Maven Optics RS1 rifle scope and Weatherby's going to hook you up with some ammo. This is a sweet Backcountry Elk rifle and the total package is over $4,000. So be sure to get your name in the October sweepstakes. And, you know, if you want to be a better elk hunter, this course is going to give you a few frameworks that I've learned over the years, and it's packed with some really, really great information. Go check out all the testimonials that people have taken it. They love it. And now's a great time to take the course because all of the mistakes that we made from this past season are fresh in our mind and we can say, oh, that's what I did wrong. So go check it out. It's the Elk Hunt uh, 201 course. Uh, it's, it links in the show notes. You can go to the Rich Outdoors page and go straight to there. But get your name in now to get entered into this $4,000 Weatherby Maven Optics package. This is a sweet gun. Go get signed up. Mr. Bohey, welcome to Wapiti Wednesday, buddy. How are we doing? Oh, doing pretty good. How about you? Not bad, man. Not bad. Um, I'm, we were talking a little bit before we get going here and uh, about tags and how you don't have any and I have them all. Uh, so Yeah, none. I have none. <laughs> Just Idaho. So. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's such as life. I feel like uh, the last couple of years, you've kind of been blessed. So, yeah. you know, you got you to have some off years, man. That, that's I've had how a pretty you good run. those good ones. <laughs> I've had a good run. So I guess it was bound to come to an end at some point. Yeah. Is it like a bittersweet? You're like, oh, back to back to the old one general tag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So I want to start off, uh, we were joking. I had reposted uh, one of the podcasts we did where you had drawn the Utah, uh, a Utah premier tag. And, you know, we never did a follow-up to that because we did the Wapiti Wednesday kind of prior to that hunt and whatnot. So we never, I don't think we ever did the follow-up to that uh, to see how things were. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of do the follow-up, uh, catch up, maybe, you know, talk about some some tips, tactics, things like that. Um, and maybe hear some elk hunting stories. I actually got some other questions. Um, and I don't know if we've t- touched on this. I mean, you've been on the podcast a number of times, so maybe we've already asked these, maybe we've already told these stories but I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither one of us remember. So we're going to go back, uh, back down that lane. So um, to start it off, let's tell, take us back to the Utah tag. Was that last year, right? Last year. Yep. Yeah, man, that seems yeah. like it was longer ago, but um, so last year you had the Utah tag. Um, how did the, how did the hunt plan? Or I guess go, go back to like expectations and then we'll talk about how the hunt played out. Well, I drew an expo tag and so it's super public, right? When you draw an expo tag. Um, mm-hmm. And so like immediately have a million guys calling me. Um, some guys really cool, just guys that live down there. And it's crazy, like a premier unit, you know, you live in Idaho or Montana, nobody's telling you jack about anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. You draw a tag like that and guys that have hunted know they're never going to hunt it again. So they're like, right. you know, I went here, I went here. And like, it was crazy, like... <clears throat> So Matt Elliott, a guy we but my but my buddy yeah. we both know, but he's like, hey, my buddy Joe had that tag, and I'm like, well, that's crazy. And so I talked to him. Just a quick story throughout the hunt, I talked to him. He sends me a a, a couple Onyx pins, um, and it happened to be right in the middle of the area that I was scouting, um, like I'd been e scouting, and he sent me the pin, and it says biggest bull of my life, and he killed like a 360 <laughs> bull in this hunt. Yeah. So it's the second day of the hunt. We're we're out there and I'm like, Oh man, this is where that pin is that this guy sent me of this, of this elk he killed. 
and I shit you not. He said that, and a bull bugled, and like 150 yards away, it walks out this like 320 bull, and I'm like, wow, that was that was pretty wild. <laughs> and so that was pretty cool to call and tell him that. But uh, that's a great pin. <laughs> yeah, that was a good pin. That was a good spot. Um, but. <laughs> Um, had, had a lot of outfitters reach out to me. Um, and I didn't want to do that, you know, but I just, it's hard because a unit's not a great glassing unit. It's, it's pretty flat. Uh, I mean, there's some steep stuff, but I hunted the, I mean, I can say where it's at. I drew up, everybody knows I drew a boulder tag in Utah. So it's one of the best units in the state. Um, and we kind of just went down there. I did know one guy that I met on a bison hunt, um, a few, like in two. 2019 and he lived pretty close to the area and he he's like well if that's where you want to hunt at i uh you know i know some camping spots because we were gonna have a pretty big wall tent camp and stuff so he drove in with us that first evening and and uh you know showed us that and we did end up seeing a really big bowl there but it was a couple days in it was like 95 degrees in camp it was like the worst camping spot on earth and so <laughs> my brother and my dad drove around to a different part of the unit they were just there chilling hanging out and they found a cool camping spot so i mean like I, planning wise though like you're asking i just i did a lot of e-scouting talked to, i mean like i said all sorts of people are reaching out you know go here go there and it's like so different than was it like better or worse like to have all that information um it was the good thing that was the that like knowing that there was big bulls there like that and it didn't seem like it was any any particular place like just that the the unit held big bulls you know and you're i'm asking guys like um you know how big a bull should i hold out for i mean like realistically and a lot of guys are like 350 i'm like well that's that's gotta be you know yeah that's good to know guys guys saying i can hold it for 350 you know killing a 330 bull should be you know a reasonable right reasonable thing so um so i mean yeah that's just how it kind of led up to it and we got there and just got to work so so when you hit the ground you have all this information you know like you did you get much time to scout it or is it like hey i'm just going to go there and we're going to figure it out as we go i did a lot of e-scouting i never showed up i showed up on september 1st oh, i left here september 1st got here that got there that night and we honestly just the next morning got up, rode into a spot we'd picked, um, and we just picked on, you know, Google earth and we hiked up a ridge and we got into, we, we jumped one bull that morning. There was nothing going on. I thought, man, it's going to be early. I mean, early, they're not doing much and it was hot. And so that we just rode a little further out on ATVs that morning and glassed a big ridge. It was like, uh, and I've had a few tag, a couple tags in Utah and a lot of, a lot of times there's a lot of really thick, nasty timber and there's aspen patches within those. Mm-hmm. And they bet my experience, they bed in that timber and they feed those aspens. And so mm-hmm. we just looked up on this big ridge and I could see this aspen patch. And I'm like, let's go up there. And uh we hiked up there that evening and got into a friggin' slammer bull, like a 360 bulls, like the first bull we actually laid eyes on in that unit. And so I was like, oh, this can be pretty wild. So so that night you get in, you like get on a ball. Is, is he talking? Is it like, is yeah, it he, was, he, actually, he actually, he bugled. He was just on a ridge pacing back and forth. And I got within about 70 yards of him, but he just was in the thick stuff. And I just, he's just sitting there looking at me. I'm trying to creep in and I can see him up there just like staring through the timber at me. I'm like, this ain't going to happen. And finally he had enough and just took off, but <laughs> went up calling him in again later, um, but didn't get a shot at him again. But uh, like four or five days later. 
Okay. So you get into it like day one, you're pretty much in elk then. Uh, and so like, you're, you're like, okay, this spot's checking out. There's not a huge need to like scour the entire unit. Um, or is that, how did it go from there? Is it like, you know, pretty much just every, every spot you go to there's elk or, you know, no, I mean, so we, we wanted to, get, we found that bull, obviously he was anything we were after. And he was just a big, beautiful six point, And we're like, we got to give him an honest effort before we go anywhere else, you know, because totally. I, I mean, so we tried him for a couple of days and he finally just goes to this and he was, and like I said, you can't glass him. It's right. so thick and there's no glass. And so it's not like, okay, we can glass them and move in. It's like either they're going to call or you're not going to kill them. Um, and it was a long ATV ride. It was a long rough ATV ride. And so I was looking at the, there's a, we rode in this canyon and there was this great big meadow and then there was a main road on the other side of it. And so that's that last morning we went in there. I told my dad and my brother said, Hey, will you drive around to that, you know, to the South and West and see if we can act for one access where we're hunting this bull closer. Cause it's just a long, miserable, dusty ride or finding their more country. And they went around there and they're like, dude, it is unbelievable over there. I mean, it was just if you could paint elk country, that's it. I mean, Southern Utah is beautiful period, but just big open parks with surrounded by timber. And it was all just like flat rolling. So that evening we, we drove around there, me and my buddy, Josh and Bodie, we drove around there and they were the ones hunting with me and filming. And, uh, we drove around there. Same thing. Josh picked out a Aspen patch in the middle of some timber, like a mile from the road. We hiked out there. Um, it was the first time I got really tested on this hunt. We called like a three thirty bull in that evening and passed him up. And we're sitting there talking about when he finally walked off, we're, he's, he's a six point with matching devil tines. So it was a seven by seven actually. And he walks off and we're sitting there and I can see Josh, you know how you're talking to somebody like in the woods and the, you can tell they're talking to you, but like looking through you, he's like looking through me and all of a sudden he's like, dude, don't move. And there's another, like a 296 point walked into the same exact spot, like five minutes later. <laughs> and, and it was, we had about an hour left of dark and that kind of fell apart. And I'm like, let's go over, get to the truck, drive around and just see what the rest of this area holds, you know? Cause we, we had, I had 14 days. I was not in a hurry at all. Right. So we got back to the truck and we drove around and there was awesome camp spots. There was very few, few people. I'm like we're going to sleep in tomorrow morning. We're going to pack up our camp and we're coming over here. And that's what we did. So moved over there. And then it was just pretty much bananas from then on <laughs> to be honest. So. And is that just like, I mean, what, when you think, when I think of the term Elky, like that's what I think of, but like, what do you yeah. think it is about that spot that like nobody, nobody else was there. Did anybody else give you pens to that? Or was it like just over? I mean, there was pins all throughout the area. You know, the, a few people, like I actually talked to a guy on a pod or I listened to a guy on a podcast. It was his first archery elk hunt. He killed a 370 bull there and he was on a podcast. Um, Cause as soon as I got it, I just started Google searching and YouTube searching. And then yeah. I actually followed him on Instagram and he's like, Oh, you know, a lot of guys hunt the East side of the unit. A lot of guys, most guys actually go to the East side of the unit. Now it seems like, I don't know why it's like, from what I understand, like people were a couple of big bulls got killed there and the guys went there, you know what I right, mean? Right. And Chasing so there was, bull. but there's only 20 tags and it's a giant unit. Right. So, and I don't know. I mean, we saw some people, but man, did we, I don't know if we ever ran into anybody hunting. 
Yeah, just see him on the roads. <laughs> yeah, we'd see him on the roads, but um I did know I knew another that I knew another guy from the bison hunt. It was, it was a whole family of guys and a lot of them general hunt that area for elk hmm. for you know. And I ran to the one guy named Jason one night. Um we'd actually got into a whole bunch of bulls. Uh just and it ended up being actually right up killing my bull, but we got into this big, it was so it is so thick. The timber in southern Utah is wild like you get in there it is this blow down nasty and i've hunted a lot of blow down timber it's bad down there but uh we chased these bulls and it finally ran out of dark i ran out of light and we're heading back to the truck heading back to camp i ran to jason on the road and he was walking down the road back to his rig and been sitting in a water hole and he's like dude down below where i was sitting tonight there was bulls just going crazy and he goes it sounded like just growling dinosaurs down there so we went down there the next night or the next morning and uh called in a really big like just a monster five point that was like just super heavy bodied you know you could just tell like a seven eight year old bull i passed him up and then there was another bull bugling we went after him and got in on him and he was coming through the trees and he you know those southwest bulls like you see them in new mexico a lot they have the brow tines that go out and then they drip, dip down you notice that's yeah. kind of a characteristic in arizona and new mexico yeah and he this bull coming in had one of those but i noticed he was a five point on his one side and i kind of like I'm like oh man i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shoot this bull like i'm really trying to and like later now like i honestly think that was like a 360 bull oh jeez but like, I just kind of wrote him off, you know, cause he's coming through the trees and I, to be fair, I didn't pass him up. I, I, he was about 40 yards, but I didn't have a shot, but he was super fired up and he turned and kind of went away and he was still just screaming And every bull we wanted to get in on. We, we dogged him enough. We got, usually got in on him, but, uh, he was going away and I didn't go after him. And I think he was a giant. Did you just have, I mean, was just, it like, I mean, that brow time kind of, you're like, Oh, classic small bull, you know, if it doesn't look proper i should say uh and then yeah. like double that with like oh he's a five on the one but, he's a five, uh, yeah. but yeah but he was like he was a huge bull I, I and i would but i was just you just have this six point thing in your mind right which right. is funny because the bull ended up killing i don't know if you've seen that as a five point on his one side yeah well i thought that's what you're gonna say it was the same bull <laughs> but no very very similar bull but but it uh, wasn't him yeah so, so okay keep going keep going then no so we just from then on, like every, we, we kept, we go, we'd get in on a lot of bulls. Um, we actually drove a different way into where that big bull from the first day was. And that's when we called him in again. I'm pretty sure it was him. We just got a glimpse of him, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, but just, it just kept ramping up, you know, just every day. It was just like a little more. And it was like, uh, just another, uh, there was another ridge we went on. We were chasing this bull for like two days and he was just running from us and he just sounded awesome. He was just running from us, running from us. And finally we called him in and I just wrote the article about this for Bowhunter magazine. It's kind of how I led this article, but um, all of a sudden this bull, we got in close and Bodie, I'm like, Hey, rake a tree, you know, because we got to do something different. So he rakes a tree and this, all of a sudden this bull starts coming and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a big bull. And he steps out and, and he was nice. He was, he was a five point, but he's just like, around here like most anybody would shoot him you know but he comes out my buddy josh is right over my shoulder filming comes out turns broadside at 13 yards pisses all over himself bugles like i've got the video of it all and josh like admittedly got like crazy buck fever when the, on this bull and uh 
this bull finally, he, he said he came in and he seen him and he goes, and I just had to put the camera on him and look down. I couldn't even look up anymore. He said, and, uh, which he did a great job filming for not looking, but, uh, the bull walks away and he goes, I don't know how you're doing that. He like, he whispered underneath his breast. I don't know how you're doing this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, that was a giant, like three forty bull. And I'm like, Josh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> he's like, no, no, it was. I'm like, well, record, why don't you rewind that real quick? And he rewind it. He looked, he's like, I can never have a tag like this. He goes, I would have shot that bull and been so mad at myself. So, dude, um, I mean, trying to pass a ball at 13 yards when he's bugling and pissing, like, it's uh, very few people can do it. Like, it is so it, hard. It's hard. You know, we had like, we kind of had a heart to heart that day because, like, my dad was like freaking out in camp. He's like, dude, like, why are you not killing these bulls? And like, Josh, too, he's like, I, it, it's kind of one of those things because Josh is awesome to go with me. I've drawn some good tags. He's went with me, you know, so he's missing his hunts. Right while I'm hunting and I'm passing up bulls and that's, that wasn't even it, but he's just like, I don't know how you're doing this. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've had two Utah tags and both times I killed really nice bulls, but both times I was left thinking, what if I waited? Right. Right. Like what if I want to find out what's here, you know? And, and we have like, well, most people say, and I'm convinced like one of the best elk tags in the country. I mean, there's not many elk tags I would take over it. And so I'm like, I want to see what's here. So if that means going home without one, you know, and my dad's like, it's my, my dad was having a conversation with my brother and he was telling me, he's like, Oh, it's so much money. You know And I'm like, dude, money has nothing to do with it. Like, <laughs> right. It has nothing to do with it. So yeah, the money is spent whether I yeah. Yeah. go home now so, or not. So let's find out what's here. Right. No, that's, that's so cool. Okay. So like, are you, starting to doubt yourself or are you like or is it like the opposite where the more bulls you guys call in the more you're like okay i passed you know four or five now i could start to like be picky well, it's kind of a weird like situation to be in because i've shot a ton of elk at this point right like mm -hmm. i've killed a lot of elk i've never killed a 330 bull with my bow until last year ever and so it's like i've killed a lot of really nice six points but i've never yeah. killed a 330 bull so like what the 330 bull walk it was tough like i was like oof. like i want to wait was here but you know like in the end i would have been real happy if that's what i ended up with right, you know? right. And, and and the day i killed my bull i probably would have killed that bull <laughs> but but it was just like you know it was 10 days later and 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 we i mean like i'm not kidding those bulls by the end were bugling every day i mean you're going from daylight till dark. That's nuts, man. Like how many bulls, a, how many encounters a day do you think you're getting? Oh, you know, probably honestly, probably only three or four with bulls, but that's because it was so thick and you're, and you also weren't hearing them a long ways away because it's so thick, you know? So you're moving through the timber, getting on them. And, you know, and we're talking to a lot of guys that weren't getting in on elk either, you know? So I, I'm not, I guess I don't want to make it sound like it was easy because it's not, I mean, it, yeah. it was hard. It was hard getting in on those bulls. Um, it took a lot of, uh, you know, tact and a lot of, uh, I think a lot of guys, I've always said that about Utah, you know, these guys that wait their whole life to draw a tag and they don't know how to hunt elk when it comes time to, yeah. you know, cause they've waited 25 years to draw a tag. They don't know how to hunt elk. Do you think you they're know? just not so, aggressive enough? Probably, you know, which is, which ultimately, you know, how, uh, we, 
that was the only reason we killed the bull we did. Like we yeah. just we just kept on his heels. I mean, from the day I killed my bull, it was the fourth bull we had inside a bow range and it was at kill him at like noon, but we were just pressing all day on that herd. And you know, we'd pick off we'd pick the bull off and he'd come in, we'd call him in and and then we he'd he'd move on, we'd go on, pick off the next one until we finally got to the the master of it all. So Okay, so back up a little bit. So you're, I mean, you're calling your bulls. Um, now kind of walk into the story of keep killing your bull. Is that like, did you find him or is it just like the next bugle? Nope. We're checking every bugle. Next, yeah, we, we were just going after every bugle. Um, and then, so we'd had that encounter with the bull that Josh freaked out on. Um, and Josh, like I made it clear to Josh before we left. I'm like, dude, I would love you to go and I would love you to be there. Like he's one of my very best buddies, one of my very best hunting partners. I would love you to be there. But you have work, you've got a family and you've got your own elk tag in Montana. Like, I don't want you to miss your whole elk season, you know? So it was the 10th of September. Um, he's like, he had to be back, which I knew he had to leave. Uh, and my dad was going to go back with him. And my brother was actually going to leave the next day. And it was just going to be me and Bodie. And, um, to, to, to long, also who Bodie is, is Bodie is just a friend of Matt's. Actually, Bodie is a, Matt is friends with Bodie's dad. Bodie's like okay. 22 years old and he, he just wanted to go on a cool elk hunt. Um, and he, Good he on him. Wanted, I mean, look how much experience he got. Yeah. Like, that was the kinda, best I mean, thing he ever could have done. He, he just kind of wanted to go on an elk hunt and like, kind of want to try to get into the hunting industry. And I'm like, well, dude, I can't offer you nothing. Like I could probably show you a cool elk hunt, you know, and we can <laughs> yeah. film it. So, but in the end it was just going to be me and Bodie. Um, but, uh, that day, actually, and I told Bodie too, I'm like, man, if you want to go home and hunt elk in Oregon, he's from Oregon, I'm like, go for it. And he's like, dude, I am seeing this through. Like, this is wild. <laughs> um, so that morning, uh, we had, you know, dad and Josh left right as we left in the morning. They were heading home. And we're way down southern Utah, but I don't know if anybody, whoever's familiar with Idaho and Utah, but I said, I said, you will not make it to Salt Lake City before you get a call that we kill the bull. <laughs> Cause it was, it was cranking, man. Like it was cranking. And Josh is like, well, I hate to say it, but I think you're right. Well, they made it to Pocatello. Um, and you know, Pocatello is about two hours from Salt Lake. So, yeah. um, but no, we worked, we didn't in that morning, that spot I told you where we, I was saying we ran into Josh that evening when we ran out of daylight yeah, chasing that... all those bulls. And it was just, it was kind of a slow, gradual climb up this mountain, uh, some old logging roads and it just went into some uh, just like open parks and timber and we got in there we called like I said we called it well yeah we called a nice six point in like 15 yards right off he came right in front of us passed him up went around um, had to skirt a big meadow because these elk could kind of hang on the edge of the meadows we were have to skirt those big big long meadows to get around them to the other side and uh, we were chasing those bulls there were some cows, not a lot of cows with them, but they were screaming. The bulls were, and, uh, got in and got too close and busted them. And we were kind of right on the edge of a big rim that did drop into some really nasty country. Um, so we, we busted them out. They took off, we thought. And so we were just like, well, let's just kick back. It was about 11 o'clock. Let's kick back, have some lunch and let the thermal start coming up and we'll drop in there. Cause it, did drop off pretty nasty where they're at probably the nastiest part of the unit that we had encountered and uh we're sitting there and we kind of they kind of like we're off to like to our one o'clock 
um, where this, where they took off. And all of a sudden about 15 minutes later, like at our nine o'clock, they start bull started bugling off this rim. I'm like, well, let's go. You know, the wind was good. So we dropped off there, called a five point in to like 10 yards right off. We got off the edge. Um, there was, and then there was two big, like really mature sounding bulls screaming below us. And, uh, we got in on them and we like Cody, like 200 bugles in 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, just one hey, after yeah. another, like one after another, um, four, it was four or five bulls bugling. And it was, there was not two seconds that there wasn't a bull bugling. That's I mean, so it was awesome. one, one, the other, the other, the other, the other, and then they'd start over again. Um, but we finally worked in on the, got close enough that they were like chasing bolt, like chasing through the timber. You could see them running all over, you know? And so I'm like, this is fun, but we're going to blow this up because we were getting close enough that we're going to blow this. Cause they were running circles. And finally we called the first, the first one of the big, we thought was the bigger two bulls. And he came by me at about 55 yards and he was like a, he was like a 315, I think bull probably. Um, I knew he was a, I knew he was a nice bull, but he was kind of had short fists and he, uh, he went by me and I was going to let him go. And then we, uh, so we just on to the next, there's only one bull left we hadn't seen. And so we just kept working in and, uh, he, he was staying like 70 yards from us, but super like in that country, 70 yards might as well be a thousand. You just can't see him. <laughs> and, uh, we were calling, calling, calling. And finally I like motioned to co- Bodie. I'm like, dude, rake a tree, you know, but he had his camera set up. So he started raking a tree and then he, and then I motioned to him to bugle. And as soon as he raked his tree and bugled, that bull was coming. I was like, Oh, and so I, I'm like, get back, get back to the camera, you know? So he comes running back, set up the camera and that bull came out, broke the timber at like, uh, he, he broke out of the timber, probably like 45 yards from me. And I knew immediately he was big enough. Like, I was going to kill any bull over 340. That was my, you know, that was kind of my benchmark. And he came out and he, uh, he stopped at like third, probably 40 yards. And there's a whole bunch of dry wallows there. There's not a lot of water. And so a lot of those bulls like just do dry wallows in the ground, you know, mm-hmm. and he like raked his, raked his antlers all over. Um, and then just decided he was coming and he came out. I, I thought he was like 30, um, drew my bow stopped and I thought he was like 30 and I think he was like probably 34. So I hit just barely low, but he jumped a log, made a big loop in front of me. And then he, he laid, he only probably went, he probably went 70 yards, but he ended up about 30 yards from where I shot him at by the time he made the loop. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just sat there and watched him and I was watching through my binoculars and I call, I call, I did have service, which is crazy. So called my wife um, and cause I, we we're just going to give him a little bit. And I called Josh. Um, I'm like, where are you at? <laughs> he's like, Oh, poke tell him like, Oh, we're done. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> So, but we were sitting there watching this bull and I knew he was a good bull. Like I knew he was a really good bull, but as I sat there watching through my binoculars, it took him about 20 minutes to die. I was like, Holy crap. Like that is a giant bull. Like, like Bodie's like, really? I'm like, dude that is a giant bull and we walked up on it i was just like that is a dinosaur is what that is that thing is ridiculous so yeah he's yeah, wild. that's so cool what do you end up taping out at so to finish the story so we i, I know i'm taking forever on this so oh, um, no, you're good i like it 
So I we shot him and we did had no we never been there like to where we ended up. And we like you look at Onyx or base map, you're like, like we can just cut straight through there, it'll be easy, you know. Yeah, so so we words. so we taped him out. Um, and we'd actually had a guy, an outfitter from Utah, came and parked his camper. Um, we had a really cool spot, and he actually pulled in there and he's like looking around and he finally walks over kind of sheepish. He's like, Hey, do you mind if we park our trailer right out here? Cause we're coming in for the muzzleloader hunt and we want to make sure we get this spot. And we're like, we don't care. We're leaving in a few days, you know? Um, and funny, he, uh, well, t- he called, um, I'll tell, I'll, I'll finish the story come back to him, but he ended up camping by us. So we, uh, we were hiking out that night and we had took, Cody or Bodie took a big load of meat. I took some meat. I took the, so I normally wouldn't do this. I was not leaving that rack there. (laughs) I, I, uh, I hung up all the meat. We got them all quartered out and we left there about two 30. And I'm like, I texted my brother on my in reach. I'm like, we'll be back to the truck at like four. I'm I'm like, we're two miles from the truck. We'll be there in no time. Yeah. Um, well, nine 30 when we got back to the truck. It was it was miserable, um, terrible. Uh, but we're about a half mile from the truck, and I'm laying flat on my stomach. And Bodie had had to leave one of the quarters because he was carrying two quarters. He had to Classic. leave one of the quarters for, for us to go back for. Yeah, but he actually he got it out of the bad stuff. But it was a pretty easy spot. But uh, we're laying in this meadow, and all of a sudden Cody's like, or Bodie's like, oh my gosh, there's this flashlight comes walking right up on us. I'm like, what? where'd you come from? He's like, Oh, I'm just up here scouting. And it ended up being a Mossback guide for Mossback outfitters. <laughs> and, uh, and it was funny. He, the, the other outfitter said there was like a four thirty double sword tine bull living or that they were after. And this guy okay. was looking for the same, this guy was looking for the same bull. Right. And I'm laying there on my stomach, packing elk out about dead a half mile from my truck. And this guy goes, you tape him out yet? And I looked at him. I must have just looked at him for a look of death. Like, dude, I'm just <laughs> trying not to die right now. And he's like, I'm like, how big is it? And he's like, man, this bull's got to be 370. And I'm like, right then I was kind of like, I knew he was giant, but I was kind of like. Telling I guess yourself kinda, he wasn't. <laughs> I've kind of had this feeling that I was never going to kill a truly giant bull. I don't know why. I just, I've just yeah. been doing it a long time, you know? And, and so we got back to camp that night. I knew he was big. We got back to camp and honestly, like we were so dehydrated and like my brother gave, like, he's like, I got cold drinks and food in the cooler. Um, like I got so sick after I drank a Mountain Dew, which was a bad idea. And Bodie, we were both Cody or Bodie's puking. I'm about puking. Like it was horrible, but we got back to camp and the next morning I'm like, we got to go we're going to be packing meat all day. We'll just leave tomorrow. So we got, we went out first thing in the morning. I hiked out to get that quarter that Bodie had left, come back to the truck. And I told Bodie, Hey, take that other logging road in, try to find an easier way. I'll go pack your quarter out and then I'll follow you in. Right. So I packed cause he's already doing a ton. I've, I should have let him do it. He's much younger, but, uh, <laughs> he, I packed it out and then I headed in the other way while he's going in there. He got playing with elk. He ended up within bow range, like four bulls that morning, just dinking around. Um, but we got the bull packed out. Um, and we ended up 
like, man, town's like 30 miles away. We can go get a nice shower because I was dying. Like, we need a shower, get some food, come back, leave in the morning. And so I wasn't going to post a picture of this bull for a while. But my, my buddy's like, are you going to post a picture? So finally, I'm like, whatever. So I posted a picture of this bull. That outfitter beat me to my camp. He saw a picture of that bull, the guy that was camped by us, yeah. and recognized me and beat me to the camp when I got back there. What? Just to see that bull. like, he, <laughs> And so so he taped him. Long, anyways, but he had told his brother when they parked that camp next to us, he's like, hey, there's a dude from Idaho and his buddy from Montana, and I think they know what they're doing, so you better hope they don't find that big bull because they're going to kill it. Is that why he was parked next to you to figure out if you knew what you knew were talking about? No, they just wanted to camp there. But turns out this was like a couple of those guys, like number two bull that I killed, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't think that. So after I killed, it, I said, "Is that big bull here? That four thirty bulls right here?" And he goes, "Yeah, he's right here somewhere. We can't find him right now, but we know he's living right here somewhere." You know, and those guys all have trail cameras everywhere, right yeah. in Utah, but they got banned last year. Mm-hmm. So those dudes at the end of summer had no idea where these bulls were. So. But uh, yeah, he taped him out. He he's like, can I? I wasn't gonna score him. He's like, can I score that bull? And I say, I don't care. So he scored him. Um, he's three six. He, he scored him at three sixty nine, broken, and he had a picture of him without being broken. And we figure he broke about eighteen to twenty inches off. So he was right at three ninety if he wouldn't have broke that. Dude, if off. he would have been, I, and I love this bull because. I don't know. Part of me has. Are you like, are you looking at a picture of him right now? Is yeah, that what yeah. You were doing? yeah. And I was I was thinking I love like a giant five point or like a five side. Like to me, that's like so so epic. It's just there's so much more rare, right, dude? Yeah. If that bull would have had, if he'd have matched, fifth, he'd have been four twenty. Four twenty if he'd have matched. That's so. a freaking stud. Yeah. So it was crazy. I had one guy send me a trail cam picture of him. Um, and then the outfitter actually had some video and the video he showed me was the year prior um, with the big tine broken off. And yeah. that tine that's broken off, you can see is just massive. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the sword on his, on his good side so, is like, so the, so the broke off tine, the one you see broke off was actually like six or eight inches longer than the next time. No way. Yeah. It was like a giant freak tine. Jeez. I'll have to send you a picture of him. So yeah, he sent me a picture of that. So that's pretty cool to have. And there's a couple other guys that have a lot of trail cam photos of there that they're kind of going through some stuff for me, trying to find a better pictures. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it was how, a, was it, how stoked are you? Like, I mean, it's just the way uh, it all came together. It was it was amazing. I mean, it was it's one of those like you know, you're probably never gonna have nothing like that again, but it like it kind of changed my perspective. I think we talked about this last podcast we were on. You know, I was like, I'd had the the, the year before I had the Wyoming tag right away. Right. You know, I we talked about that. I burnt 13 points. I didn't kill a bull, you know, but I gained a lot of perspective about myself and about what I'm really after, you know, and I, I want to kill some bigger bulls, you know, and that's probably not on a general Idaho tag, but like I want to draw some tags where I can go have a chance to kill a, you know, so I'm getting up there. I've got seven or 18 or 19 points in Arizona. So, you know, I'm not too far away from having another awesome hunt probably. So is there a difference? Um, is there a difference when you get around those big bulls? Uh, like a difference in an elk? Yeah. Yeah. Elk. Just like the feeling, I guess. I mean, the intensity to me is like, I don't know. There's yeah, just something I mean, to me. It's like, 
I've all since I was probably Bodie's age, I've wanted to hunt 350 bulls. And yeah. the, and now that I'm around 350 bulls, like to this day, like nothing gets me fired up like seeing a giant. You're like, yeah, man, that's just something cool. Yeah, it's just different. Cause even in units like that, you know, we were like that big five point we called in. I mean, that bull was probably I bet that bull was pushing 300 as a five point. He was a big, really big bull, uh, super mature, like probably as old as a bull I killed, but most bulls just don't grow to be 400 inch bulls. So rare. So rare. So yeah, Yeah. it was, it was, it was super cool to see it through, to see what was really there. You know what I mean? I just left, like, I I feel like I put it all out there. You know, I, I hunted hard. I hunted smart. um, And we were rewarded for it, you know, by we willing to pass up bulls that I would, that if almost there's 10 bulls I passed up in Utah, August 30th this year in Idaho would be in big trouble if I, they walk in front of me. I mean, there are a lot of bulls I would have shot gladly, you know, but it was, it was cool to see it through. And yeah, those big bulls are of any species, you know, I mean, when they get to that rare, that size, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty neat. Uh, when you say, animal. when you say hunting smart, what do you mean by that? Just, I don't know. I, that's another thing like this comes with, you know, knowing when to when to push in when it's time to back off you know and that that's what i mean it's just a lot of these guys i just can't believe i've had three utah tags which is crazy to even say i'm 43 i've had three limited entry utah tags nobody's had three limited entry utah tags that hasn't bought them you know what i mean and i've got really lucky but um it's just i can't believe how many guys i run into that say how bad the hunting is and how good it used to be in utah and every hunt I've been on is just like, dude, the, you have Bulls no everywhere. idea. I had no idea how good this is, you know. And so even on those hunts where they're – and that being said, there's a lot of great hunters that are killing great bulls there. I'm not saying that. But a lot of the – you know, it's back to the first podcast you and I did, right? The 90%, 10%. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of those guys just don't know, like, they don't know what to do. They They – they think there's no elk there and they, they can't get in on them. Says, well, you're just not, you're not hunting them. Right. Cause the bulls are there. I mean, well, I think there's like, um, like if you go to the 90, 10, this is a great example. And if you break down what you were talking about, your guys' strategy. Now, most people are going to move in and like try to cow call in every group. Um, yep. you know, they're going to like, they're going to be almost too cautious in the woods. And I, I didn't, you didn't say this, but I'm going to assume that like when you're after the big one, you're being fairly aggressive. Like you're willing to bump some elk to get to the big one. Right. Like, it's not yeah. like you, you get into a bunch of bugles and you're just like, okay, let's see what pops out. You're like, no, yeah. we got to get to that one. And like, yeah. we might churn through a couple of these, but we're going to assume that 60% of these elk aren't worth chasing or shooting. So it's like, yeah. we're, we're willing to bump them. And it's like, yeah. that's how you get to that. And even like the story of the bull you killed, you know, you're going in there, you're like, you're pushing, you're, you're trying to like, there's two good ones that you want to see here or you want to see that you can hear. And you're like, these are the two we got to get eyes on. And like, you just treat that situation differently than if you were like a rookie hunter, that's just trying to get an elk. And I would, I would argue, and I say this all the time, but like the guy who's just trying to kill an elk probably would not have been able to pass 10 bulls. It's because you were super aggressive, you know, and like you've got those opportunities. You're willing to screw it up. You're willing to blow an elk, you know, to, to keep seeing big bulls. 
but by that you get a lot more opportunities than the guy just like, Oh, I'm going to go out there and, you know, blow some cow calls. Yeah. That's what I was just like, man. That's why I was like, we're going to blow this all up. It's either going to be really good or really <laughs> bad, but like, we got to find out. And the thing is, is we were like, we didn't know what, where any big bulls were. Like we knew we could hear bugles, you know, but like, especially in a situation like that, you I'm not going to be back here tomorrow more than likely. Cause I'm going to go hunt. Right. The next drainage over because we don't know what's here anyways. You know what I mean? Right. So it's so almost in that, your favor that you didn't know those two big bulls were right there. Right. Cause yep. you would have hunted differently, you know? And it's like, yep. I've been in that where it's like, I know there's big bulls in the area. We're just going to comb through until we find a shooter. And like, then you're like in that mode of like, I don't care if we bump stuff. Like there's no giants, you know, like nothing yep. is like, there's a giant, we should play it easy. And like, if you would have known that there was a four, 200, 400 inch bulls right there, you probably would have been like, way too conservative yeah <laughs> not yeah. Aggressive so enough. yeah we were just pushing man like it's there comes a time where you just got to go for it and, and, and we were in like i said we were in the zone like there was bulls running around like there was elk so close that you could hear the action going on beyond the bugling you know um branches breaking you could see elk running at full speed through the trees not running from us and it's like we just got to push, man. And hopefully this turns out. And if not, he's going to be gone, but we're going to yeah. find out, I guess. No. And that's such a good mentality to have. And like, I, you know, it's tough because when you get like, if you were trying to like those guys targeting that big bull, like if the, you know, those moss bad guys, it's probably not how they would have approached it. But I think like, that's a great strategy if you want to kill, you know, a good bull. Um, yeah. And do you think, I was just thinking about that. Do you think that that other big bull was there? Like did the bull you shoot not even have cows or do you think he had cows? So the weirdest thing about that day is I saw like, and, and those guys had told me, I talked to quite a few people down there. They killed way too many cows, but like that whole encounter, I never saw a cow. Oh, really? So I'm like, there had to be at least a hot cow in there. Right. Putting that scent out for those bulls. Yeah. to be. They were like fired, fired up. There had to be something in there, but it's, yeah. I mean, that other big bull could have been right there. I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> But uh, but it was crazy the whole time we quartered him up, we packed him out. There was other bulls bugling. So um, my brother, that whole day, he, he just drove around. He loves going on these hunts and just like driving around on his four wheeler, his pickup. He's like everywhere I stopped on the road, there was bulls bugling. <laughs> so did uh, you guys? I, um, did you run into a problem? I, I've hunted areas, um, probably not as good as that, but like you know, in the capacity of a lot, lot more bulls than cows. And it is, they can be hard to call in because like, yeah, they weren't easy. Yeah. Cause at bugling all. at them, they're like, yeah, there's 20 other bulls around me. What, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. I've been in others like that Wyoming hunt. Bulls are a lot easier to call in Wyoming on that hunt. And it, I mean, that was a great population of elk in Wyoming too. And a great hunt, but they were, I mean, they were easy to, that was probably a, as far as just pure elk, that Wyoming hunt was probably better. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I was going to ask you if you yeah. like them. I mean, but there, but, um, just for big bulls, like, uh, I think they're gonna have a problem. There's not very many cows. I think they're gonna have a problem in that area at some point. So, but that's 2023. You never know what those elk might be doing. Yeah. So, you don't know different ways. Somebody identifies yeah. cows now. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, uh, but it was, it was crazy. What was like, what ended up being the best? Was there like a tactic you had mentioned rubbing and that was kind of like sealed the deal a couple of times. I've really like noticed that. I've noticed that on hunts, like uh, a couple of Utah hunts. I've been on that Wyoming hunt too, that that's one thing that like, that can be like the silver bullet at the, at the, like when you're moving in, you know, and like, 
they all, like you said, they hear 5,000 of us, Cal calling at them and bugling at them, you know, but like they get in, you get in close. I've had a lot of bulls, especially the last five years. Like, why do we tell people this for one thing? Why do we tell people this stuff? <laughs> but uh, I've had a lot of bulls that have really like, that's kind of been like the final straw. You know, they, you, you get in close enough and I'm talking, you're in 70, 80 yards and you rub a tree, rake a tree and they're here they come. You know, and we had several bulls on that hunt do it. In Wyoming, I had several bulls do it. Um, yeah, my first Utah hunt, actually, that's a couple of the biggest bulls we called, and that's how we called those in. So, Dude, I mean, I feel like anybody who grew up <clears throat> Roosevelt hunting is big on rubbing. I've just found that to be true. Um, rubbing and chuckling is like a Roosevelt hunter's go-to. Yeah. But like as a solo hunter, rubbing has been like almost a necessity because I can't call a bull to me. So my my best option is like, rub get him to rub and then i can like move on him um yeah. and so like that's kind of been my go-to but uh, yeah i i've yeah been using it a long time do, do you ever did you mix it you said when you called that big bull and you were bugling at him uh was yeah. that you know were you guys challenged bugling or was it just like light bugling no yeah we're just matching just everyone else screaming at him i mean just going at him you know with some cow calling mixed in and mm. and uh yeah i mean not like not nonstop, you know, that's another mistake guys make, you know, like some subtle right. cal on him. But when he would bugle, we were, because we could, it was too loud, too crunchy. We couldn't, you couldn't just walk right out, you know, like, you know, there's times you can get a bull bugle and you can just move on him. Right. Well, yeah. it was so loud and dry. You couldn't. So like we could get to that 60, 70 yards, but that last, but you know, that last, 20 yards to get him in bow range in thick timber. We just couldn't make it happen. And so we had to call him that last, you know, that last 20, 30 yards to get him in bow bow range. Um, So, yeah, but when he would, when we were inside that window, when he would bugle, we'd cut him off. I mean, he, we bugle right over the top of him and he was pissed, real pissed (laughs) when he finally came in. Um, But I've noticed that really on those hunts um, that like, that rubbing, that rubbing raking trees when you're within their, that 75 yard range is kind of like, and like you said, you, you scrape a tree, you almost always hear them do it. Yeah. You, know, you can, they start doing it and then, then they stop. And like Matt and I did it to a bull in Wyoming two years ago. We, we, Matt was behind me raking a tree and, uh, that bull, I could see him. He was, I was a lot closer. I was between Matt was calling for me. And I see that bull, he'd rake his antlers and he'd stop and look at us, you know, look down mm-hmm. the hill and then Matt would rake and then he would rake, you know, so. so And sometimes it cl- takes a second, like, to get him going. Cause like, you'll rake, yeah. he'll rake and look, he'll, he'll rake and look, rake and look. And he's like trying to, you know, just match you. And then pretty soon, like they, like if you just keep them going pretty soon, they get to that, you know, like they're just going to town on it. And that's yeah. when I always make my move. And a lot of times I'll yeah. do it when that bull comes and he's like, just, you know, they always stop right at a bull range. He's like 60 yards, you know, I have a shot and he's like, you know, there's nothing. Right. And so he, you just get him raking. And once he starts raking like crazy, it's like, I'll just walk straight out. Like, yeah. Come a lot of times they close their eyes too. Oh yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And yeah. even if like, then he'll look up or something and just stop and he'll go back to raking. Um, and a lot of times, actually one, I would say a lot of times, one time I had a bull and I wasn't going to shoot him. I couldn't tell what he was, um, but I ended up not wanting to shoot him, but he was raking. And then like, I just started walking across this opening and I'm at like, I'm at full draw and he's raking and I had to go down and he like steps out and he looks right through me and he goes back to, you know, like looking for me and he kind of like half chuckle thing 
And then he's like waiting for me to respond, but I can't do anything. And so then he kind of got nervous and he was like looking around, looking around. It took forever. And pretty soon he like just starts walking out because I had stopped. And so like, if I would have had the shot or if I was going to shoot, like it would have been perfect. He'd like, I was kind of in the wide open, but he was not even looking at me. He walks like 40 yards out or 40 yards from me, walks out wide open. He's like looking for me because, you know, I had stopped raking and stopped responding to him. So he was like, oh, where'd you go? And so then he started looking for me and it was like, perfect. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Yeah. So a minute ago, you said you can't call bulls to yourself. Why? I mean, you can, it's just not like, I always have a so lot. I of- hear this a lot. That's why I'm curious. Cause I hear this a lot. Like, what, what do you think is keeping you from being able to do that as effectively as you want? It's usually that I get penned down. Like, and a lot of it is like, okay, I would say most of the time it's because bulls will stop when they like get in, you know, like they should see something. Right. And so yeah. then it's either they, and this is like, they'll either stop or, uh, you know, they're wanting to see me. They wanted me to make the next move. But if I bugle then I'm kind of screwed or if I, you know, I say anything, I'm kind of screwed. So unless you like really tuck yourself to where like, you're going to draw them by you or you make a last minute move or a lot of those t- things like where you, you like keep them looking for you. And I always say curiosity kills a cat. A lot of times, like I'll get really, really close. And once he starts coming, I don't say anything because then he's got to start looking for me. But right. if, if I call him right to me, generally it's like, bull pops out and I'm like, oh, and now I'm like, you know, looking right at him. He's looking right at me. You know, it's game over. Um, but more often it's just been the problem of, I didn't have someone, you know, I didn't have you 40 yards behind me to, to draw him that extra little bit. Yeah. I'm just curious about that because like, and I also like to tie into that. Like I talked to guys who are like, man, I, I, I call to myself and I only ever get frontal shots. I've never call taken frontal shots. I've never even had one. And so it's just like the majority of my bulls, uh, probably 75% of them I've called and killed by myself, solo calling. So how do you do it? That's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm trying to, (laughs) what I'm trying to figure out that's different. You know, I mean, like that's, that's the. So every time you've done it is you just, I mean, what's the difference? Man, I don't know. Like, how do you ask somebody how they do so? Like, Right. You know what I mean? Like I can say a lot of tactics, but like a lot of times I will call. And then um, when I know they're coming, I'll move. Right. You know what I mean? Like at the last minute, but like I've, I've called bull. Like I just, I've called, like you said, a lot, a lot of times, like as they, as they're coming closer and I know they're committed, I will start, you know, backing off on the calling, especially when they're within, within um, eyesight of me when i know they can see me i don't i rarely ever call um right until until a bull a bull will come to that edge where like you're saying like he can see he should see you um and as soon as he turns to walk away you know i'll hit him with a, a light calcal or sometimes i'll even like like i'll know he's moving i'll like pick up my grunt tube right as he's leave like as, and as soon as he's his eyes are away from me i bugle real fast put my bugle tube down you know what i mean just yeah um, and it's just, it doesn't always work, but like a lot of times that I, I kill a lot of bulls myself, I mean, or other people with me, but I'm primarily the one doing calling the calling. for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I've so, done that too, is like where bulls will stop, you know, like they come in and they're looking for you, but you can't say anything. And then they turn to leave and like you call and they come back and then do that number. Um, but I mean, that's a situation where like, if it was me and I was calling by myself, a lot of times I like to just put my back against a tree and use my ideally a stick. Right. But if I have to, my bugle tube and just like start raking a tree, you know, and like, 
go to town and then he'll start raking. Um, that's just yeah. kind of been my tactic. I know that if I get like, okay, I'm 60 yards, this bull 60 yards, like this is how I'm going to seal the deal. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like a lot, sometimes I would say like, yeah, if you know they're coming and you like the perfect setup is like you tee it up. So he's going to have to come into range before he can ever see, right. you know, and that's just, something I focus on too. Right. That's set up. Maybe I'm just bad. You're better at setting up than I am. Well, that's just a thing lot of it. When I'm with new guys that are new to hunting, like that's a lot of things I try to teach them is like, you know, like there's no point a bull coming out across the meadow 150 yards from you. It's not going to yeah. be any good. You know what Avoid I mean? Avoid so the meadows. Like, um, I like to get into that spot where like it's a nice setup, but like basically when they come in, I'm going to see when they're in, when they're in vision, they're in bow range, you know? Right. So that's, I think I'm, I am really, really aware of my setups. You know, I think that's probably one of the, uh, one of my strengths is how I set up to call, you know, would you um, take like, okay. So, and this is, this is interesting. Cause like get into this, like, I'm sure this happened on your um, Utah hunt, but you're like, you're following a bull, you're pushing him. You're saying like, okay, we're pushing this bull. You, you know, you're getting close. Do you like you walk by a spot, you look at it and you're like, man, this, this is a pretty good spot, but I want to get a little bit closer. Do you take the good spot or do you go a little bit closer? Oh, that's tough. Like I find myself moving a lot. Um, like I'll set up, I'll set that up and I'm like, man, if I was just right over there, like that would be a little bit better, you know? And so, um, I, I guess I'll find myself like when I find like a really nice bench, you know I mean? You, you're, you're hike climbing and all of a sudden there's a perfect little bench. Like I'll usually set up on that and call, but like once the bulls, I'll always take that good setup to call like blind calling or if I'm even working a bull, but like once he is, um, once I know he's not coming or he's going to come, like I'll move to a spot and like I end up in crappy spots and screw stuff up, you know, because like, (laughs) like, and and there's times where I'm like, man, if I would have stayed there, I probably would have killed that bull, you know, but I, you know, I tried to get to the next best spot. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm always trying to push it. That's one thing is I'm always trying to push it. And like I, I mean, and I don't do this a lot anymore. It's been a lot. Of, it's been a few years since I hunted this style. But like, I used to just chase bulls and push them and push them until they turned around. And I like you almost know it in their voice when they're going to turn around. Because like I remember yeah. this bull in Idaho, or it was in Oregon. Um, and I it got him going midday. Worked him most of the day, and it gets up in the afternoon, and I'm like, he's just pushing away, you know. And I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna push, push, push. And I was just trying to run to keep up with this bull. And I heard it. I heard him turn around. Like he just, the way the bugle got so much louder and more aggressive. Like he was, he was acknowledging me, but that time it was like, all right, I'm done. And I was like, I'm just going to get to that tree. And I like ran up to this tree and we about came head to head coming around the same bush. Cause it was like a pretty thick spot. And I was like, I should have stopped. I knew as soon as I heard it, I should have yep. stopped. But I was like, if I could just get to that tree, I'll be able to see a little bit farther. And like, yeah, about ran into this damn bolt coming around the same tree at the same time. <laughs> uh, my brother, my brother and I did that a few years ago. He actually, we called the bull in and he shot him, um, shot this bull. And there's another bull, like we were actually calling the herd bull. Um, it was a really nice bull that we'd seen him and, all of a sudden this little raghorn comes running and my brother shoots it runs past this and the other bull keeps bugling and i'm like well i'm i'm gonna go my brother's like dude i think that bull's coming and i was like oh like we're like a little meadow a little strip of trees and another little meadow but if i can get to that 
that next strip and I got halfway across that meadow and that bull stand there looking at me at like 40 yards is just like, Oh my gosh, you know, the big, you know, 300 plus public land bull in Idaho. I was like, yeah, that, hurt. that would hurt. <laughs> so, and you know what it is, is like, um, a lot of times you're, you're looking at the terrain and you go back to like choosing your spot. A lot of times your view is like, if I can get to that bush, I'll be able to see a lot more. But what happens is he can see a lot more without having to come around that bush. So it's like, or that thick spot, maybe there's like a bunch of brush or whatever. And so like, you always got to think like, Oh, having, I'm trying to like describe this in podcast form, but it's like having like a, you know, a cluster of bushes that is between you and him is actually a decent thing. If he's got to come through it or around it or some version of that. Versus like, yep. you know, if you were on the other side of it, you could see a hundred yards. Well, you don't want yep. to be able to see a hundred yards. Yep. You know what I you mean? You just like don't it, want a major obstacle. You know, like you're trying right. to explain this to podcast people, like um, like a major like river crossing, like a big meadow. Um, like I've I've had them like hit the brakes on like huge down timber, you know, mm-hmm. like like they don't want to box themselves in, you know. So like, but I'm the like same as you, like if it's just timber though, they can come through. You know, if there's a big obstacle, I try to get on the other side of it. Um, but the thing, like, if you have new listeners, like, I think what you and I are trying to come down to is like the pushing ahead is generally going to be a more successful tactic than sitting back. Right. Like, you know, like pushing a little harder, like aggression wins out over being timid. I mean, that's what I've found. Like you can, kick, you, can, you can kick back and listen to bulls bugle if that's what you want to do, <laughs> you know, but if you want to kill them, you, you got to move on them. And a lot of guys are super like new guys, especially, you know, I, I had this experience years ago, um, man, I was 20 probably. And my buddy Casey had just got into bow hunting and we had this herd of cows come in right behind us and he was going to shoot anything, you know, he's 18, 19 years old and, had never bow hunted in his life, you know, this herd of cows come in and I'm like, turn around, like turn around and shoot, you know? And they finally, they left. And he's like, I was scared to, you know, I didn't want to scare him. I'm like, well, what happened anyways? <laughs> we scared him anyways. Right. You know? So like, uh, I, I'm always on the side of like, man, go for it. Like it, 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 you can get away a lot more than you think. And usually it'll pay in the end. I think it's, I think it's very true. And I also think that like, your learning curve will triple if you make it and and like, and I hate to tell people to just bump elk because it's and generally I'm not trying to encourage that, but at the same time is like, if you're too passive, you won't learn anything and that's a problem. So like, if you're too aggressive, you can always tone it back down, but you're going to learn a lot yeah. more by being erring on the side of like aggressive. And so many people, like you said, they're going to be play it cautious. Like, oh, I'm getting into elk and it's exciting. It's, in, it's intimidating. Like you're, it's a little bit of chaos. You kind of like, you would like the chaos to come to you instead of just running into the fire. But I promise you, you know, usually the chaos is farther away than you think. Uh, yep. And it almost never materializes. So like you, you really got to push into the fire and you'll learn so much. Cause like you said, like you can always tone it back. You can, you, know, you can be less aggressive next time. But I don't think you really learn how aggressive you need to be until you start pushing that line. And the problem, like I'm seeing, like I, I had a really hard time with this is like guys are doing exactly what you're saying, like, well, I got to go. And it's like, well, you almost do have to go now. And I hated that. I hated being this way. Cause like this falls on the part of being smart. Like if there's vocal elk and there's a lot of hunters, somebody's going to be there. Yeah. 
So you might as well make that play now. You know what I mean? And go for it because like, and I hate to be that way. I would rather, I would rather hunt them really smart. And you know, if, if it doesn't materialize the way I want, I would rather back off and come back. But the sad fact is that somebody else will probably be there and they don't bugle like they used to. They don't, it doesn't seem like there's vocals they used to. And so you have these little windows that you better probably capitalize on when you can, because yeah. it's not going to last. I mean, you, you, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to have probably several good days, but you're going to have a couple magical days and you better capitalize on those magical ones. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. If you go on a two week hunt, you're going to have probably one or two days that are really magical, you know, in the middle of the rut. So you better take, better take advantage when you can. I think when you hear it, like, um, when you hear those magical moments that rough has going on, they're so rare, like yeah. get in there. Like you, I guess you just can't really tell people how, how much you can get away with, especially in those like elk can see you. And in that situation, it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> like, like yeah. you'll get seen, you know, there's going to be a raghorn or something or a spike that sees you like that don't matter. Uh, you know, ideally don't bump the, the lead cow, but, um, everything else seems to be fair play. Just don't get I, smelled. <laughs> I got in the middle of one of those big rut fests in like 2017. It was the, I think like the 28th of September and I'd been hunting all month and it just had not been going my way. And my wife and I backpacked into this spot and there was just this rut fest going on. And I draw, like, I sat her down. I'm like, Hey, just sit here. She's just going to read a book. She wasn't hunting. She was just with me. I'm like, I'm just going to go up there, um, try to get in on these. And I got up there and I was like moving in and there was like a big bull, um, like a 320 bull. And he had all the cows rutting all around. And I was just wanting to shoot any decent bull at this point. I was just like, I just want to, I want to end this season with a nice, decent bull for a kill. And so like, there was so much running go action going on. I walked right up on these two spikes feeding. I literally walked right past them at like 20 yards. They were like feeding uphill and there was like a little game trail below them and the bulls were bugling beyond it. There was so much running and stuff going on. Like I just tiptoed right past them. They never even lifted their head. And I went <laughs> over the next little rise and there was a five point bull stand there and I shot and killed him. That's you know, awesome. it's like, but it's just like, what you're saying is like when it's that time you can get away with so much that people don't even realize like elk are not mule deer yeah you can get away with a lot more than you can with a mule deer that's bedded while you're stalking him you know it's crazy. yeah not the same thing um many many moons ago uh i was hunting and um this evening eating hunt i hear bull pipe off and like oh yeah start working my way and as I get closer, I was like, it sounded like coyotes howling, you know, that when it's just like, it's just yep. constant. And I was like, yep. oh man. And I just take off running as fast as I can. And pretty soon it's like, it is absolute chaos. Just bull, like, you can't even hear a single bugle. It's just bulls over bulls running, glunking, going on. And I'm like running into this patch. Cause I got across this big meadow. We get like halfway across and this a good bull runs like through a gap. I'm like, Oh, you know, if I wasn't ready, get my arrow out. And like, I'm I'm moving in closer and sure enough, a bull runs out and I like draw back and I'm like, shoot. And I shoot and I watch my arrow. And I, I was like, man, that looked like it dropped underneath him. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I hit him or not. And I'm like, and it's still chaos. Right? So I'm like in the middle of a rut fest looking for my arrow, I'm like 90% sure I watched it miss, but I can't, you know, I can't shoot another bull. Cause like, yeah. I gotta know. 
bulls are running by me. I'm just on the ground looking for an arrow. I wish to God someone had this on video. <laughs> it's absolute chaos. Did you hit him? No, I don't think so. Never found my arrow. Never found a drop of blood. And I, I was, it was so hard, dude. I'm like, ah, there's just bulls running all over. Like I could easily could have killed a bull. And I was like, I can't shoot until I know for sure I didn't yep. hit this bull, you know? And I'm like, like, I was so tempted to, I even like this one bull stops. I like come to full draw and I'm like, I can't do it. I was like, you know, in one side of my shoulder, there's a little dude that's like, you totally miss. Like you watch it miss. The other side is like, you don't know yet. It's like yeah. full draw. I let down pure chaos. I went back the next day. I looked all over for my arrow. And, uh, and I actually, I remember cause I was way back to camp. I was like, how did I miss? It was only like 40 yards. I was like, how did I miss? And I shoot. And on my, like my square block target, I was like a foot low. Um, you know, I forget what happened. You know, one of those scenarios. And I was like, ah, oh. I was so frustrated with myself too. Cause like I was in a rut fest and like, here I am like just wasting it, looking for an arrow and, Oh, so yeah, chaos. But it was it was one of the coolest experiences. <laughs> yeah, those uh those are special and rare, especially nowadays. I yeah. mean every three or four years you really have one of those just crazy, yeah, crazy days. It's pretty fun when it happens. Yeah, I know. I was in one a couple years ago, two years ago. Uh and I was like it'd been a number of years before since I was in one, and I was like, man, you just almost like nowadays I just want to hang out <laughs> just yeah. enjoy it because like i do know how rare it is now yeah it was crazy that that uh when i shot that bull i told you i snuck around those spikes um the next the next morning i told you the story but the next morning uh we ended up i i in reached my buddy daryl we're a long ways in backpacked in and he was just going to bring his horses to us the next morning so we don't have to leave we just set up we butchered the elk we set up camp like hundred yards up the hill and listen to elk bugle all night long. And, and that, that herd had dropped off the hill below us after I shot that bull, everything kind of broke loose. And the next morning, um, we were just sitting out on the edge of this meadow, like overlooking this beautiful Valley. And, and I'm like, I, I gotta go over to use the bathroom on the trees. So I left Brianna sitting there and she's got a, uh, like a black Kuyu, um, down jacket, she's sitting there in so like she's really standing out in this meadow just this black blob you know and but i go over to use the bathroom and i'm coming back and she's just sitting there we'd made like one of those granola raspberry granola things and she's just thinking it's the best thing on earth and she's eating that and i'm coming back and she's like did you hear that bull bugle and i'm like no and she bow hunts and i i asked when we left i'm like do you want to take your bow and she's like no i just want to go with you and so i'm getting back to her and i'm about she's like Oh, there it is. And this whole herd from the night before come back over the meadow, over the hill and walked right below her. And like, I'm looking at her with the elk in front of her and like, she's got blonde hair, just like glowing in the sunshine in front, like in this black <laughs> coat, this whole herd and like this three twenty six by seven and like 40 cows fed right by her, like 20 yards right in front of her. I'm just like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, where is your bow? <laughs> like it was wild. So, I mean, it's awesome, but it's rough. Yeah, yeah, but it's just I don't know. Like you said, those they're pretty rare these days, so you better live it up when you're in them. Yeah. How do you are you holding out this year? Or like first six points oh. dead. Man, I don't know. Probably first six point. <laughs> so, uh, it's crazy. I'm kind of getting in a weird part of my life. Like, uh, my boys and he'll be an eighth grader playing football. I've got a daughter who'll be playing 
volleyball in high school. And then my other daughter's just getting ready. She's going to play college volleyball. Uh, she leaves actually uh, Monday. And so um, she's going to be, she's playing and going to school in Wyoming. And so she's actually going to travel to Idaho. Like I think she plays in Idaho, like the eighth and ninth of September and like the 19th and 20th of September. And then triple F football games every Wednesday and Reese will have volleyball games all throughout. And so it's like, I want to buy another tag because I could probably buy another tag in Idaho, but I'm just like, man, I should probably just <laughs> buy buy one and and hopefully I can fill the one. And and my boy, um, he really wants to kill a bull with a bow. And I really, you know, that was a it's been a big part of my life. So I wanna if he'll only get a hunt a few days just on weekends. So I'm gonna really focus on that. Yeah. Uh my my middle kid, my daughter drew a bull tag for October. Um, so I'll get to go with her and and I got a few, I got a few deer hunts planned. So if I can kill a nice six point, I'll be happy. Yeah. No, that sounds like it. I mean, you got a lot going on this year. So, yeah. I mean, and you killed a giant last year, so no one, no one feels yeah. bad for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. It is kind of that it is funny, like to go from a hunt where you're like trying to kill like an actual, like giant bull to man, if I can just kill a nice six point, I'll be happy. Dude, a... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I can flip that switch though. It's like, you just, you have to know what hunt you're going on. Like, um, right. I, I had a, t- the tag I, before I drew an Idaho tag, the tag I was going to go on, it was like, I wasn't expecting much. It was like, I'm going with my buddies and like, I'm going to shoot the first six point that walks out, you know, like it's fine. Yeah. And I'll be stoked about it. Like, it's fine. Like it just is what yeah. it is. Uh, you know, it's like, I love elk hunting in all its forms and like elk hunting, general tag in idaho is very different than hunting you know a montana draw tag or a utah draw tag or you know any of these like they're just they're still fun it's still great yeah yeah that's the way i am i'm just gonna you know and try to enjoy it and and uh you know look right really look forward to the next great tag i have but i do love my general tags in idaho (laughs) well awesome man well best of luck this year um and congrats on a giant that's yeah it was awesome sweet hunt dude yeah it was fun all right well take care man all right later